if you go buy one crotch rocket, which is a big building or three mopeds, which is three small buildings and put them in the same little area, all of a sudden you have the same amount of scale and efficiency that you have in a big building. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Chad Sutton. Chad, how are you doing today? Hey, my man, Theo. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be here. And every day above ground is a great day. So I'm doing well. That's what I like to hear. And thank you for joining us today, taking the time to talk with us. A little bit about Chad. He is a full-time real estate investor and a formerly aerospace and mechanical engineer. He has two years of real estate experience and his portfolio consists of 138 units across five properties. He is based in Nashville, Tennessee, and his website is thequattroway.com with quattro spelled Q-U-A-T-T-R-O. So Chad, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? 
Absolutely, Theo. So first of all, I have to say thanks for having me on the show. I've been listening to you guys for, I guess, literally every day for quite a few years now. So (laughs) the daily podcast is a wonderful thing. Thank you. So my background, as you mentioned, I'm a recovering engineer is how I like to put it to people. I kind of climbed the corporate ladder for quite a few years, spent about 10 years in the space. And I started as a design engineer in the aerospace world, working on gas turbine engines. So the kind of thing that takes a commercial airliner into the air, right? So if you've ever ridden on a Southwest flight or something like that, transatlantic, those are the kind of things we built. Gave me a lot of opportunity to do some really neat things. But you know what, Theo, I got really good at one thing and I looked down about five years in and I was like, man, if I'm not careful, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And I have three companies in the world I can work for. So it was one of those realizations. And then fast forward, when I left my corporate gig, not only was I a real estate investor on the side at the time, but I had elevated to the status of of global supply chain leader and global commodity leader. So I was doing a lot more purchasing strategy. I managed several hundred million in product for large wind turbines that we built at the time. So those big three bladed, beautiful things that generate power for us. But somewhere along the way, I discovered that there was a better way to make a dollar than spending 80 hours a week in the office or out of the country somewhere, which was very cool, by the way, until I had a child show up. So after getting to travel the world on someone else's dollar, very fortunately, and then realize, hey, I'm only as replaceable as the next guy they can hire. So basically started focusing on the real estate path and simultaneously discovered that my family had been doing this for quite so many years and I never really asked why or how. (laughs) And then fast forward to where we are today, I am a full-time real estate investor, managing partner of Quattro Capital, and we're kind of a boutique real estate investment firm focused in multifamily and mobile home parks, but really with no aspiration to become a large red oak capital or something like that, just focused on helping people and doing things a different way than the transactional nature of this business. That is about as short as I can make that story, Theo. I hope that was good enough. (laughs) No, that was perfect. So I always ask whenever people were working full time and then transitioning to real estate, I always like to get some more information on that transition. So you said that you were working in real estate part time or on the side at that point. So maybe walk us through more tactically, like when you decided to quit. Was it, okay, I have enough money coming in through real estate where I'll be okay? Or was it like, I'm just going to jump from the mountain and see what happens? Or was it somewhere in between? Maybe kind of explain that to us a little bit. I absolutely burned the boat, Theo. That's kind of the way people talk about it. So my wife and I were both gainfully employed, so we didn't go to zero income. But I'm a proof of concept kind of guy. So I obviously knew that the single family route worked. I also knew that I personally didn't have several hundred thousand saved up to go buy one house every year. I know Joe looked at this for a while in one of his podcasts of how long it would take him to acquire single family homes and replace his income, right? It would have been a very long time. So after getting involved with the family business and asking questions of how can we grow this, we decided that the demographics resoundingly support multifamily for many years to come. So after having a conversation with my wife on this, it was really, okay, well, how do we do this intelligently? And I've also done enough big things in my life that I know you can't give 100% of yourself and dedicate to something if you're focused on something else. So I knew at some point to excel, I would have to leave the corporate gig. So Theo, it was really learn how to do this, do a few trial runs and 
have some failures. And then as soon as we had taken down our first property, which was with our own capital, we did not use investors at first and operated successfully for a few months. That's kind of when it happened. I was like, okay, we can do this. Now let's go build the business. That totally makes sense. What was that first deal? Is that something you still own to this day? I do. I don't think I'll ever sell that thing, man. It's a beautiful little 35 unit property. I'm actually good friends with the guys I bought it from these days. We met on the transaction and it turned out they were fantastic individuals. Interesting story. The guy that built it lived on the property. He had this beautiful property in Knoxville, Tennessee. He had this nice single family home that he built for himself. He was an architect. And over the years of about 1980 until 1990, he built basically an eightplex every couple of years until he had a complex of 35 units. And that was kind of his retirement plan. So it's actually pretty confusing for the insurance companies. What's the year of construction? Oh, at 1978 to 1990. And it blows their mind. But we purchased that thing for about two and a half million. And it's just, they're bigger than most of the units in the sub market, beautiful mansard roof, brick construction, just a lot of grounds on the property. It's just a nice buy and hold property. And of course there was some value add to it. That's the name of the game, right? But it's, it's just a beautiful property. I smile every time I drive on that property. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Was it just listed on the MLS or loop better or on mark with a broker? No, it was actually an off market deal with oh. a broker and okay. that broker and I have actually done several deals together to date since then. So that was kind of our test, if you will. But it was our first off-market true opportunity. And funny thing is, everyone gets into the underwriting mentality of like, okay, I have to have my T12. I have to have my rent roll. I have to have all my documentation to be able to pin an offer. The amount of information I had on this when we pinned the offer was astoundingly low. And it checked out at every checkpoint the further we went. But it's kind of funny. The ones you actually wind up buying are the ones that are a little bit unorthodox, so to speak. Yeah. So... I know a lot of times people say that getting off-market deals from a broker is pretty tough the first time because you really don't have that track record of closing on deals. Was it someone you knew? How did you get that deal off-market through the broker? I've actually done a few classes on this, Theo. Broker relationships in general. If any of my brokers are hearing this, I apologize. I'm friends with a lot of them, right? But think of them like a shark. They can smell blood in the water. So if you are fearful when you're talking to these guys and you just don't feel like you're in the right place they're going to smell that. And they're constantly trying to vet you and figure out, are you a tire kicker or are you the real deal? Because they don't have time to deal with people who don't know what they're talking about. So what you really have to do is build that perceptional position. Our coach always tells us perceptional positioning. It's using the things that you know to make it look like, not lie, but make it look like you have what you're going for. So it's almost that have do be mentality to go a little mindset on you. Who do you have to be and what do you have to do to get to what you want to have? And if you want to have a thousand unit portfolio or a 500 unit portfolio or just a small building that provides you a thousand bucks a month, whatever that is, you need to be and act and do the things that a person who has that stuff would do. So when you think of it that way, you kind of reverse engineer the persona you need to have when you're talking to these people. And then it's like, okay, you're building confidence with them because they can tell you know what you're talking about. You're speaking as if you already are in the game and things of that sort. So it's more of a mindset thing. And I always tell people that I mentor, if you're worried about it, let's say you're in Nashville, Tennessee, like where I am, go call brokers in Las Vegas, a place you're never going to invest ever because you will mess up. But go call brokers in Las Vegas and practice and get good at it so you don't have to be so fearful of the call. Sorry, I got on a teaching pedestal there, but. 
No, that's all really good advice. I like calling the brokers on their markets for practice advice. Okay, so let's move forward a little bit in your career. So you bought the 35-unit property. It operated well for the first few months, and then you ended up quitting your job. And then flash forward two years, and you're now involved in Quattro Way as a managing partner. How did that happen? And I have to say, it's the power of networks, Theo. So there are five partners in Quattro Capital. Full disclosure, two of them I'm related to, but we were all part of the same mentoring network. We are all education junkies, and we're all about networking with others and building that camaraderie in the space because more people you know, the easier it is to get things done. So for us, it was a group called RE Mentor. They've been around for a long time. We've since joined the Jake and Gino group. We've done things with Multifamily Investor Nation. We've been to Best Ever Conference a time or two. So any network we can get involved in, we do, because the number one rule of putting a business together is putting aces in their places. And when you start to think about it that way, the five managing partners, we all met at a conference and eventually wound up doing a deal together and eventually two and three and four, and then eventually said, why are we dealing with anyone else? Let's just work together. Let's formalize this thing. And then that turns into, okay, well, we started out as just a group of real estate investors who started taking deals down together, but we're getting so big that we actually have to put in systems and processes and actually become a real estate company. We are now a real estate private equity firm. We are not just a group of investors who met at a conference anymore. So it was just that kind of organic progression of, hey, I met you at a conference and I like you. You're cool. We have the same ideals and we think the same way, but hey, we actually have corresponding and complementary skill sets. Well, then all of a sudden a partnership is born and it just snowballed from there. So we've got the five partners now. What is your main focus in the business? Yeah, Theo. So I'm kind of the acquisitions lead. We have two individuals who focus primarily on relationship building and private equity. And then we have two individuals who are really much more on the asset management side of things. And we, the acquisition team and the asset team, kind of bridge the gap during takeover. When you're late in a deal, you're getting a loan done, you're doing you know the property management transition. There's a lot of synergy there. So if you can envision two trains running parallel for a little while, and then one slows down and the other keeps going. We don't like to have a throw it over the fence handoff. It's more of a, okay, let's make sure we gently pass all the glass across the trains before they break and then let it go. Were these roles set up from the beginning? Everyone had their role from the beginning or was it something that evolved over the course of a business? No, it definitely evolved. Theo. That's a great mm -hmm. question because as I mentioned, when we first formalized our partnership, everyone was touching everything. The analogy I love to use is we were playing little kids soccer. We were all chasing the ball, <laughs> you know? And that's great when you're doing one thing at a time, but when you start managing three, four or five deals at once, someone has to own everything because if two people own it, nobody owns it. So it was very organic on where we decided each other's strengths were. We had some very detailed sensing sessions on, hey, where do you want to be? Where does the team think you should be? And we kind of developed what our structure looks like today. All right, Chad, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Theo, this one's very easy. I have to say, everyone wants to ride the big, sexy crotch rocket. Everyone comes out trying to chase the 250-unit building as their first acquisition so they can be financially free by next Tuesday. It's not realistic. You might get lucky, but going back to what I was saying earlier, if you can just ride a moped for a little while, 
if you go buy one crotch rocket, which is a big building or three mopeds, which is three small buildings and put them in the same little area, all of a sudden you have the same amount of scale and efficiency that you have in a big building. And guess what? You've become a closer, you're in the game, you're experienced and you're getting the economies of scale that you need to really operate efficiently. So don't be so pressured to have to go after the home run at first or the biggest property at first, settle for a solid base hit, get in the game, do it smart, and don't be afraid of doing what others aren't doing. All right, Chad, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Always. Here we go. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. First question is, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Oh man, best ever book is called The Honey Bee by Jake Stinziano and Gino Barbero, the Jake and Gino boys. It is my favorite because it's kind of like a rich dad, poor dad book, but it goes through the life of a real estate investor and an entrepreneur. And I got about halfway through the book, Theo, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is where I am today. What's going to happen with my life? So it was a very emotional thing to read. I recommend it for anyone. And the other one, I don't want to be a teacher's pet, but I do have to say to this day, the best overall manual of what to do in this business on the market is written by yours truly, Joe Fairless, the best ever real estate syndication book. I think I got the title wrong, but if you can correct me there, you have to read that one if you're in this space for sure. I always love to hear that book as the best ever book. So we really appreciate <laughs> that. Okay. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? My business were to collapse today, I would rebuild it better. So I would find out why it collapsed. I would find out why the industry changed and would simply find out what the slightly different tweak is I need to accomplish and go after it. People ask me why I got into real estate, Theo, and it's, look, the three basic needs in life are food, water, and shelter. I can't compete with Jeff Bezos on food and water, so I figured I'd try real estate. It's always going to be a need, so I just figure out how to pivot and get back in. Out of the five deals you've done so far, which has been the best ever deal and why? Wow, since I wrote that, I think we've done a few more. But I think my favorite one was deal number two, three, and four because it was actually three properties, one closing. We bought a portfolio and I tell you what, Theo, it was the hardest thing we've ever done because we were under contract on March 18th when the world fell apart. Oh, Our wow. lender walked away 12 days from closing. We found ourselves with 250 grand hard, no lender, and 12 days to close with a very difficult seller who, by the way, had a seller he was dealing with on a property he was 1030 wanting into. So learning how to navigate through that, that's a whole other podcast for another day, which I can give you a link to if you'd like to go listen to that story. But the lessons learned and understanding that my team and I can go through hard times like that and come out on top and as one unified group was fantastic. So it was the hardest, but it was the best. What is the best ever way you like to give back? So you mentioned at the beginning, Quattro Capital sounds like four people. It's actually four pillars, right? So we are founded on four principles. 
One is people, one is profit, one is property, and one is philanthropy. And you have to have all of the previous three to get to philanthropy, but we love carving out a little bit and trying to make the world a better place than we found it. An example is our latest little expenditure was sending one of our partners, who's also a world traveler, over to Beirut, which is a place that's near and dear in his heart after that massive explosion that happened. And we, and we didn't do it the traditional way. We knew that if we put money in the government's hands, it wouldn't make it to the people. So we sent him over there with cash. He knows how to do that safely. And he infused that money directly into local bar owners, local restaurant owners, places like that where it was needed the most. And we knew the money would be used to benefit the people. So we love giving back. It's not always just writing a check to a charity. Sometimes it's getting on a plane and going somewhere and improving the world hand to hand. Wow, that's wonderful. So the last question is, what is the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place to reach me. As you mentioned, you can find information about our group and everything we do at thequatroway.com. I'm sure that will be in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. And for your listeners, I will give out my cell phone, 615-892-0250. But on the website, you can find email, you can find social media. We're on all the major platforms and more. So I hope to hear from you. We love talking about this stuff. So please reach out. Yeah, best of listeners, make sure you take advantage of that, especially those aspiring apartment syndicators out there because Chad is doing that right now. So Chad, thank you so much. Episode jam-packed with information. We hit a lot of topics. We talked about transitioning from a corporate job to investing in real estate. And as you said, you burnt the boat when you left. And obviously it's, it's working out wonderfully right now. We talked about your first deal, which transitioned into us talking about how to get off market deals from brokers. We talked about the power of networking when forming a business and then how people will organically fit into the roles based off of what they're good at. And then you gave your best ever advice, which was to not focus on, as you said, the big, sexy crotch rocket or that home run, but rather focus on getting a few base hits, a few smaller mopeds to get in the game, to get that experience and to get also that economies of scale and kind of be in a similar situation as you would be, but at a better pace. So thank you so much, Chad, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Best of your listeners as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.